What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Now let's kick this thing off. Adam Jackson is the founder of Brain Trust. In this conversation, we talk about hiring networks, marketplaces, Web3, economic incentives, and where the future of this industry is going. I really enjoyed this conversation with Adam, and I hope you do as well. Before we get into this episode, I want to quickly talk about our sponsors. First up is Mode. UK Bitcoin investors, listen up. Mode is an app that allows you to buy, earn, and grow Bitcoin effortlessly. Not only is it an easy and safe way to buy and hold Bitcoin, Mode also allows you to pay and receive up to 10% Bitcoin cash back for free from its growing list of online partner brands. For a limited period of time, Mode is offering 0% trading fees on all Bitcoin buys and sells. That's right, you can buy and sell Bitcoin and pay no trading fees. The offer ends at the end of this year, so hurry up and download the app now. I have to say, personally, I think the company behind this app is very, very impressive. They're an FCA registered. They're listed on a public exchange in both the LSE and the OTCQB market here in the U.S. They choose to hold Bitcoin on their balance sheet. Big deal. They were the first U.K.-based company on publicly traded to hold Bitcoin on their balance sheet. And they are also piloting a Bitcoin payroll product to pay U.K. employees in Bitcoin. So if you're in the UK, I recommend you go check out Mode right now. Their app's available on the App Store and the Google Play Store. You can download the app now and start buying Bitcoin with 0% trading fees today. If you're not in the UK, go check them out on the public stock exchange as well. Next up is MyBookie. Cryptocurrency is the future, so don't get left in the past. You can bet with MyBookie and you can get in the game now. To get you kickstarted with crypto, you can use promo code POMP to double your first crypto deposit at MyBookie. The best part is that MyBookie accepts well-known cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and others, so you can bet and withdraw with crypto. The NFL playoffs are around the corner, and this week, the Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will face off in a potential Super Bowl preview. Both teams sit one win away from earning the top spot in their respective conference, but in this high-stakes game, bet the Bucks money line. Don't miss out. Double your first deposit up to $1,000 by using promo code POMP. Head over to MyBookie today, place your bets, and watch the sparks fly with UFC 269 as well. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Just go to mybookie.website today. Last but not least, if you are looking for a job in the cryptocurrency industry, whether you're coming from the finance world, the technology world, wherever you're coming from, if you're looking for a job, make sure that you go to pompcryptojobs.com. Pompcryptojobs.com. We've got hundreds of open roles there from the industry's top companies. There's been over a couple hundred people that have already been hired this year. One company's hired almost 40 people this year off pompcryptojobs.com. So if you're looking for a job, go to pompcryptojobs today and you will find the best open roles that you have to offer. All right, let's get in this episode. I hope you guys enjoy this one. Anthony Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of him and the guests on his podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. All right, Adam, you there? Hey, guys. Dude, How's it going? What's going on, man? I'm super pumped to talk about this. How are you? 
Hey, doing well. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Let's jump right into uh, Brain Trust. I think a lot of people have no clue what this is in terms of they've heard it. They understand that it's big. It's moving that um, you guys have a lot of momentum behind you. But explain exactly what Brain Trust does from a product standpoint. Yeah, you got it. Brain Trust is a pretty new network. It is a decentralized global talent network. So it connects knowledge workers looking for gigs with clients that want to hire them. It's that simple. That, that concept is not new. The ownership and control structure of the network is what's new. Okay. Right. So, so this is all about web three, right? Like web two is for-profit corporations in the middle, taking a big rake, sending that back out as dividends. Think, you know, eBay all the way up to DoorDash, Uber. Web three is all about the folks who make their living on the network, also owning and controlling it. And that's what brain trust is in the IT space. All right. So let's start first with just the uh, kind of product itself. It's a marketplace, essentially, where you're bringing together two sides. Talk to me about the size or uh, success of getting both sides of a marketplace. Right? When you start a marketplace, you've got kind of the liquidity problem where there's supply, there's demand. Which one do you go after first? Walk us through how you've gotten uh, there to be actually this market liquidity now where people are able to actually fill jobs. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, starting marketplaces is hard. You have what's called the cold start problem. And, and so the, the web two playbook for this is you raise billions of dollars in venture, you subsidize one or both sides of that marketplace until you get liquidity. And if you're lucky enough to achieve liquidity, you break Earth's orbit, and then you come out the other end basically with a fully investor-owned network and those investors need a return, rightfully so. And so the rake goes up and up and up. Web three is the opposite, right? So you, you don't raise a ton of money, you give ownership and control of your marketplace to your users, the folks who make their living on the marketplace, and that's how you bootstrap the marketplace, right? So in Braintrust's case, we started with the talent. So we have a lot of IT professionals. So think like UX designers, programmers, product managers, folks like that who build software, design stuff. We started with a few hundred of them, got our first couple of clients, Nestle, Porsche were among the first. We asked those first few hundred talent, hey, can you invite more talent? And in exchange, they were getting brain trust tokens for making those invitations and those referrals, add some more clients, and it's basically brick by brick. That's how you build it. Yeah, I'm looking at your website right now, and the companies that you have listed here, these are not like, you know, mom and pop, small businesses. You've got NASA, TaskRabbit, Nike, Nextdoor, Deloitte, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Nestle, Porsche, Black & Decker, Pacific Life. And that's just the ones that are on the website, right? So when you think about this, why are they coming to you guys? Is it just simply because you're more effective at filling the roles, or is there some other reason why these large corporations are choosing to work with you? Yeah, a couple of reasons, right? So Clients like that will go wherever the talent is that they need. And look, like these days, like basically every company has to act and innovate like a tech company, right? So if in the global war for, for tech talent, Facebook, Amazon, Google are winning, everybody else is kind of just trying to keep up. And so where, you, where do you get the best talent? Well, the talent go where they're not going to pay any fees, right? Like the t talent, if they go to Fiverr or Upwork, they're paying a big rake or they go work at Accenture or one of the big consulting firms, they're being marked up a ton, right? And it's not like you don't really get to choose what you do. In, in Brain Trust, you come on as a talent, you create a profile, there's no, you pay no rate. There's a 0% fee to talent, flat 10% fee to clients. And so the clients showed up and they're like, hey, you got this talent, like the, it's way cheaper than if we went to you know, Accenture or, or some other marketplace because it's, you know, the rake's almost zero. And they're like, cool. Like, they're like, 
blockchain, we don't care, right? Like, I, I don't care how you're doing it. You've got the talent. We're in. And, that, and that's how it started. And when you start to think about from the uh, candidate side, what is the idea here in terms of uh, their interaction? Is it just simply like they normally apply to a job as they would on any other kind of talent network? Yeah, I think it's, it's like any other marketplace in that sense. So talent comes on, they create a profile. Um, sometimes you need to get approved by the community, vetted, make sure you are who you say you are and your skills match up and all that stuff. But then you're looking at a job board, basically. You're looking at, oh, here's uh, Goldman Sachs needs Java developers for their uh, mobile apps. Um, Nike needs uh, developers. You know, and you look at a job you want, you submit a proposal. If the client likes it, you agree on a price. And, and you get paid through the platform. Got it. And then talk to me about this fundraise that uh, you guys are announcing in terms of you raised $100 million, which is not a small amount of money. So where's this money coming from? What are you going to do with it? Why are people investing? Yeah, th this is kind of interesting. It's not like a, your typical fundraise. So uh, it was the firm Kotu actually approached us uh, about this. And they said, hey, you know, Kotu's, a, for anyone who hasn't heard, Kotu's a, a, a big fund that uh, has invested in dozens of maybe more of web two companies. And they came to us and said, look, we've been watching brain trust for a long time. You know, this whole web three thing where, you know, it's, it's tokens that represent ownership and control, like, and that allows you to bring this rake way down and, you know, lower rake means a faster growing and more robust marketplace, right? Stronger network effects. And they said, Hey, you know, we'd love to participate. And we said, you know, um, we don't really need the capital at this point, but if you want to like lean in and help us build, essentially join the community, you know, we can consider it. And so they said, yeah, we're in. Like we understand talent. Uh, they they actually acquired some recruiting firms, some some tech recruiters, and they're like, hey, we know we know recruiting. Why don't we lean in and help you guys build out brain trust for recruiters, and you know, help you grow even faster. Um, and so the round came together. Uh, 100 million of a, a bunch of firms participating, True Ventures, Tiger, uh, Blockchain, uh, Hashkey. And that money basically just goes into community grant program. So, you know, it, it's it's not like a traditional fundraise would be like a corporation takes that money and sits on the balance sheet and you go hire more people, right? And like the management team decides what happens. In a decentralized network, it goes into essentially the, the community treasury and then folks can submit proposals. Be like, hey, Brain Trust should you know, translate uh, for APAC and, you know, localize in, in different regions. Here's a proposal for that community votes, money goes out and funds it. So that's, that's kind of the, why it's a unique fundraise. Got it. And when you talk about this being decentralized, uh, is this like an open source thing that other people can come in and they can basically build on top of the network and, and uh, kind of use this as a building block? Or how do you think about like the uh, relationship with other people, uh, to, uh, uh, maybe potential like business development type deals versus people who are building other types of applications that would love the data or the marketplace infrastructure or anything like that? Exactly right. It's all open source. The, um, the data is you know most companies like keep their data close and it's behind paywalls and all this stuff. We put everything up on our dashboard. All the uh, users own their own data, their work history, their reputation. Um, the call, all the smart contracts are open source. Um, you know, folk. I, I imagine like right now we're just brain trust is just in IT. You can imagine people have been talking about doing you know expanding brain trust into accountants, lawyers, compliance professionals, basically anyone who makes their living in front of a computer this model could work, right? You could, you know, it, we call it kind of unbundling of, of the corporate firm. Got it. Um, and then in terms of uh, the downsides, like 
there's obvious uh, advantages to doing it the way that you're doing it. What are the downsides or what are the trade-offs that you're making uh, where you're like, ah, you know what, actually like a centralized hierarchical structure is better in, you know, A or B scenario? Well, I, I would say initially control, right? Like I, I, I come from the Web2 world. I've been building and investing in Web2 marketplaces pretty much my whole career. And, you know, when you're CEO, one of those, you say, okay, we're going to do this next and we're going to do that next. And everyone sort of falls in line. Um, with a decentralized network, you know, it's community run, right? And so like, if you could look at our, our brain trust snapshot where people propose things and vote on them and vote out on how to change the network. And, um, you know, I'm like the last to know on half of those. And it's, so it's like, I, I it's, I, I don't know if it's a challenge, like it's something you gotta get used to, you know? Um, like I think good things and bad things could come out of it, but um, we, we just think that decentralized networks, you know, just have more people with skin in the game and, and they tend to grow faster. Yeah, Joe and John, what questions do you guys have? So my question would be around the academy. Just talk through kind of how the Brain Trust Academy works with the courses and stuff. Yeah, this is a good example of uh, of something that you know it's like totally out of my purview. But so it was one of the uh, nodes on the network built this, um, and the idea it, there, there's lots of iterations of it. But the idea is have an academy where you can upskill, right? So if you're a junior developer, you can become a senior developer, and you, you basically will use Brain Trust tokens to pay for those courses, and then conversely. You can actually earn tokens by taking brain trust classes on like how to be a better contributor to the brain trust ecosystem. Like an example, that would be, you know, we have just like tens of thousands of, of talent joining the network all the time and um, it, to, you know, allow them to propose on like these enterprise jobs, they need to be screened, right? You can't just let anyone do it. And so the community screens itself, screens all these new applicants. And so you could take a brain trust Academy course to learn how to be a screener and earn tokens. So you're, you're kind of in the ecosystem that way. John, what questions you got? Yeah, thanks Adam for doing this. I'm curious about after this, you guys just raised some money. After this, what are you guys gonna try to do? Are you guys gonna try to just scale up the business? Are you gonna try to pivot into different avenues and grow that way? What are your thoughts around that? Yeah, I, look, I, I think the opportunity here it for, for, a, for a decentralized talent network is to actually start consolidating the space. I think think about what Airbnb did for vacation rentals. Like pre, like pre Airbnb, it was a mess, right? Like there's scammers on Craigslist. There's like travel agents, like you're using the phone, and like it was just a mess, right? There was no way to know if anything's quality, if who's scamming you. Airbnb came in, had a better model, better UI, and started consolidating a previously completely fragmented space. I I think brand, the Brand Trust Network has a similar potential to start consolidating knowledge workers, right? Folks who don't want to be in their cubicle job, who don't want to commute, who don't want to work at a consulting firm or what, or their corporate job, they would rather freelance because you can work from wherever for whatever amount you want. You can work six months on, six months off. But the, you know, but the problem with freelancing traditionally has been like, who are you going to freelance for, right? You got to like start an agency and go out there and sell and pitch. And like most people don't like pitching clients all day. And, and what, Brain trust, I think, is solving is because the fees are basically zero, you have unlimited demand. Like I can actually attest to this uh, uh, today. Brain trust has almost unlimited demand from clients. It, it, the network is very much talent shortage. Um, and so now folks who don't want corporate jobs anymore can come freelance. And I, so I think this network has this potential to like be the go to place where knowledge workers who just are fed up with the corporate world can come find gigs. What's been the biggest surprise uh, as you've built this, Adam? Oh, the biggest surprise is 
<laughs> you know, it's it's such a counterintuitive story. And like I I feel I feel like it makes sense to me, but like people are like, yeah, but like how does brain trust make money? Right. Like what I it's why is there no company? Right. And so you 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 like have to explain like, no, it's it's like a co-op, right? Like there's it's a network, right? And people make money on that network, but the network itself doesn't have to be for profit. That's so counterintuitive, right? There's there's no Bitcoin Inc., there's no Ethereum Inc., but people make money on those networks, right? So it was I was I was surprised at um, you know, and and you know, a lot of investors. I, I give you know Kotu and, and these new investors all the credit in the world for figuring this out. We didn't pitch them on it, they came to us, but like a lot of folks on Sand Hill were like, This is a stupid idea. <laughs> I mean, like two years ago when we started and still today are like, this is kind of stupid. And like, now it's growing big. Right. So that was, it was surprising to me. Got it. And then in terms of, uh, when you think of a kind of like this decentralized thing, how much of the, when you use the word decentralized is about the technology tech stack. And like, if somebody came and tried to shut it down, they couldn't shut it down versus it's decentralized in terms of, um, kind of the user control and, uh, the ability to, uh, source talent and source the customers in, in kind of more of like a distributed way, like unpack that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so both are critical. So brain trust is built on Ethereum. We inherit all of the security from the Ethereum network. So Ethereum has you know, tens of thousands of miners, you can't shut it off, right? And so that's critical. I don't, I don't think you know, brain trust could exist without Ethereum. You know, maybe Solana would work as well, but, um, and then, so, so technical decentralization is really important. And then, but I think more importantly, Pomp is what you just said is sort of like, business operations decentralization. Like, you know, I run one of the six core teams that that built uh, the network. And if we went away, the thing would, would move on without us, right? There's lots of different people contributing, thousands and thousands of people referring new clients. And to me, that that's absolutely critical. Like if, if, if a network is like business-wise centrally controlled, it might as well be a corporation. And it corporations can change the rules anytime they want right if if someone wants to change the rules on brain trust like how much how many fees should the talent pay the token holders got to vote because it's all on a smart contract so it's it's to me it's like it's about fairness right it, it in the gig economy companies they have, have done a lot of unfair things to their workers and that's that stuff's just not possible on a decentralized network. Yeah. And now talk to me about, um, obviously a lot of people watching this will say a couple of things. So like one is, uh, why not build on Bitcoin? Why not build on Solana, Binance Smart Chain, any of these other uh, smart contract platforms? Explain kind of the analysis that you all have done in terms of the various places where you could build something like this. And then what the uh, kind of conviction that you had to build on Ethereum was versus something else. And then what maybe what the uh, pros and cons of that decision have been so far. Yeah, this is, this is a great topic. And I, you know, I've been in this space a long time. So we, we, we thought carefully about it. Um, we, we had to sort of pick a chain about 18, 20 months ago or so. Um, and we wanted, you know, it had to be Turing complete. You had to run smart contracts Turing complete. It wasn't possible on Bitcoin. Uh, I love Bitcoin, you know, been there forever. Absolutely. You know, no question on Bitcoin's integrity. Um, the Turing complete piece was important. Um, and then why not other layer ones? We wanted the ecosystem. We wanted developers, you know, that could easily build with solidity. Institutional custody partners like Anchorage and Coinbase. You know, we have folks that, you know, I think don't want to own their own keys. They want them, you know, in an insured custodian. And and two years ago, Ethereum was the only game in town. Now, fast forward to now, I think 
you know, Solana especially, and a lot of these other um, projects uh, are super interesting. And I think Brain Trust should probably at some time be portable, you know, across these other chains. Brain Trust is a layer three, right? It shouldn't shouldn't be dogmatic about a layer one. Got it. And then in terms of uh, how you think about um, recruiting for your own business, talk to me about where you're seeing talent flow in. Are you seeing people leave legacy finance, leave legacy uh, technology companies uh, to come and work for you? Or are you seeing folks that are younger that maybe this is like their first job and they're kind of more, um, you know, uh, crypto native, if you will? Like, like, Just talk to me about where you're finding talent to help you build this. Yeah, uh, in droves, folks leaving leg- legacy tech company or like le- legacy finance banks stuff like that. But also, um, I, I don't know what a legacy tech company would be, but like people who just don't want to you know work at Netflix or Google or Apple anymore, right? They're just they just wanted more freedom. I think those are great places to work. But this like freelancing is all about freedom and autonomy, setting your own rate, setting your own schedule, and not going to an office, right? And so we're seeing people flood in from all sectors. Um, as far as like categories that are popular on Brain Trust, I mean Solana Labs is actually a, a client on Brain Trust, so they're you know they've got Rust people building there. We have tons of Solidity work on Brain Trust, so like lots of cutting edge stuff. But also like you know we have Nike and Goldman Sachs and like you know traditional tech stack stuff happening as well. Got it. And then in terms of how you see the overall industry in general, what are you most excited about outside of what you're building? Well, look, I'm I'm excited about Web three. So like brain trust is just a little sliver of that. I, I'm like emphatic about web three. I, I really think that user owned networks will grow faster and be more valuable than investor owned networks. That doesn't mean there's no place for investors, right? Obviously, right? Like brain trust has some amazing investors and they've, they've leaned in and become part of the community. That's the new angle, I think, right? I think these Silicon Valley VCs and New York firms or whatever have to like lean in and not just write a check and take off, but actually help build. And that was, that was our lens for the folks we're working with. So look, I think all corporate owned for-profit networks that are extracting more value than they provide to their users eventually will be disrupted by a Web3 counterpart, right? Think about Uber surge pricing, right? A lot of that money just goes back to Uber Inc., uh, DoorDash, you know, famously in 2019, they rolled out a tipping feature and then decided, yeah, we're, we're keeping all the tips. Fuck it, you know. And, and it was like they booked it as revenue. And it's like, dude, you can't like you can't treat your users like that, right? And so those those networks that are extracting disproportionate value, they're going to tokenize. They're eventually going to be owned by their drivers, their riders, the dashers, the knowledge workers, you name it. Yeah. And then I, I guess the other piece of this is that as uh, that continues, um, really what a lot of times people are doing is rather than go spend their customer acquisition costs or, or marketing money on Amazon or Google or, or wherever, uh, Facebook, et cetera, instead of what they're trying to do is they're basically just trying to give it to their uh, users, right? In some weird way, it's like almost like uh, the economics are very similar because there's still got to be an economic incentive, whether you're paying Facebook to get you in front of uh, potential users to then come and join your, you know, whatever there's mobile app, a product, whatever. Now, instead, you basically just say, hey, can we cut out that middleman? And can we just give it directly to the people? If that works, we'll see. But but it seems to be, uh, at least theoretically, much more attractive to the folks who are looking to join because they're getting paid rather than uh, just seeing an ad somewhere. So let me let me I'll give you an exact quote of, of one of the investors in this round. And I, I'm not I'm not going to name them because I haven't asked his permission to say this, but they approached us and they're like, OK, look, we're not 
we don't do blockchain. A, a lot of these firms actually, this was their first token purchase, which is I, I think also interesting, right? There's no equity in Brain Trust. There's no Brain Trust Inc. So those, these folks are buying tokens. But this guy goes, okay, look, I'm a marketplace investor. I get it. I've been doing it for a decade. I get CAC. I get LTV. Uh, I get you know um, ACV, average you know, average contract value. And I showed him all the Brain Trust stats, right? It's average contract value is like. You know, I got in front of me, it's like $75,000 or something. And it's, you know, these are big jobs, right? Not $500 logo jobs. And, and our CAC is, is nothing. And he goes, look, man, I don't give a shit about blockchain, but like, how do you put up those numbers? And I was like, well, you give tokens to folks for building the network, referring, screening, bringing clients in, you pay them in tokens. The software does it for you. So you don't have to hire like 50,000 people. And he goes, he sat back, he's like, Oh, so you invented your own fake internet money to lower CAC to zero. Is that right? <laughs> like, well, I'm not sure I would have said it that way, but essentially, yes. And that, look, dude, that was exactly what you said, right? You can, why like spend a bunch of money on expensive ads when you just, you know, give the, give the value to your users? Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's definitely interesting in terms of how, uh, how more and more people are trying to, uh, to do this. Um, where can we send people to uh, learn more about this or to follow you on the internet? Yeah, sure. Uh, go to braintrust.com. That's the uh, the website where you can sign up either as a client or talent. And then um, uh, Twitter, um, at Adam Jackson SF or at use Braintrust. Awesome. Joe, John, you guys got any more questions? No, appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Adam. Great to see you guys. Big awesome, fan buddy. Thank you so much. Adam. I appreciate you coming on. Later, buddy.